Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm Aaron Badochka and I create YouTube videos. We started off with some pretty small numbers, but to date we have had our show viewed more than 670 million times and we are well over a million subscribers now. Going up by about a million views every day now. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? I've been a full-time YouTuber for the last five years and there are some public sites out there that folks can research and find out what big YouTubers are estimated to make and I can say freely even though this is quite a, a wide span some of these sites uh, say we make about 120,000 a year all the way up to about 2 million so it's, it's in that area. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Not joining me this week is Fred Keating. Fred is in Toronto, he's working on a project there. I'm at the Banff Centre in wonderful Banff, Canada. I'm at the Story Summit, which is hosted by the Alberta Media Production Industries Association, as well as the Banff Centre. And my guest now is Aaron Badochka. He's going to be speaking here at the conference, and I've been lucky enough to pull him aside and get an interview. Aaron is somebody who's achieved incredible traction in the YouTube video space. Welcome, Aaron. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me here. Aaron, tell me about your venture that you have on YouTube. Uh, I am a producer of videos. I create the series called RC Adventures on YouTube. Uh, my show focuses around the radio control hobby and all of the fun, wonder, and excitement that it has to offer. Now, what on earth possessed you to produce a video series about RC hobbies? It's something I've loved since the beginning of my life. I remember when I was six years old, I had my first radio control car. It was a toy grade vehicle. And as I became older and more aware of what was out there, the technology has changed so much in the, in the radio control hobby industry that I had to get into showing other people how much fun they could be having. Fantastic. Now, why don't you put this into perspective for me? When did you start this and how big has this actually become? Oh, I remember when I started was November 2008. I uploaded my first RC adventure and I didn't realize at that time that I was about to launch a whole series that now has lasted for more than seven and a half years. Uh, we started off with some pretty small numbers but to date we have had our show viewed more than 670 million times and we are well over a million subscribers now. So let me make sure that I got that straight. You did say 670 million times. Going up by about a million views every day now. Wow. How did you pull that off? Uh, the three things that I've always said, uh, passion, perseverance, and dedication. If, if you have the passion and you're creating a, a show that, that you personally love, then there are other people out there that are going to discover your passion, hear it, and want to give that a try themselves. I'm still here dumbfounded with that number, 670 million times. I think I heard what you said yeah. about uh, producing something that you're passionate about. Now, how did you get started in all of this? So I used to be a, uh, an event DJ, uh, more after hours than the nightclub, and I, I had a lot of music experience. In fact, I did some music production when I was younger. And, uh, you know, when I was looking at mechanics and I was looking at robotics and I was looking at the music uh, history that I have, I, I wanted to try another hobby at the time. And during the 2009 recession, as it was going around the globe, I found myself, like so many others, out of a job. And so I did already uh, start my 
hobby of radio control, and just at that time, Google had purchased YouTube. And they had started offering something called the Partner Program, whereas YouTube and Google would be placing ads against uh, the creator's videos. And as a sharing of profits, what they do is they give the producer a certain percentage of those profits. So in the beginning, I realized while I was jobless that this could be a side income for me. And really, while I was pushing out resume after resume, and at that time, I ended up pushing out 280 resumes. That's right. I kept uh, my focus on my hobby and creating these videos. And as I put more videos online, I saw that I could start to garner an audience. And I remember the first day I made $5. It was so exciting. <laughs> so I continued on uh, and I really approached my content creation like a full-time job. I knew I wanted to start an internet business. I didn't want it to be a scam or some sort of affiliate program, which, which isn't a scam by any means, but there are some things you have to be careful for. And so uh, I just kept producing videos and and really, I, I set quotas for myself, people that I wanted to reach, how many in a day, how many in a month, money that I was trying to make at that time, what was it really going to look like, and, and just approaching it every single day and doing the best I could. And here we are at 670 million views and a number one radio control hobby show in the world. Now, just so that we're clear, when a pre-roll ad plays before one of your videos starts, Google gives you some of that advertising revenue. Yeah, it, it depends on how long the pre-roll ad is, how long the, the viewer is actually engaged into that pre-roll ad. And as well, I'd like to mention that there are banner ads that come up both in the video and on the side of the video, depending on the, what you've chosen as a creator to show up there. And yes, as a producer, uh, we certainly are entitled to some of the revenue that, that YouTube and Google are making off of the productions that we're posting on their platform. Have you monetized this in any other way? There are several other ways I've monetized. There are ways to merchandise uh, certain clothes, logos, and things that we own, uh, you know, different intellectual property like that we've been able to take advantage of. Uh, but really, my main focus has been on the content creation. I could be off working with other companies and putting brand spots in my videos, and who knows, that may happen in the future. But I've always really tried to stay independent. In this way, I always gave unbiased reviews and opinions on our show. So this was something I could stay true to and still make a very good living while doing it. How many videos have you produced to date? Well, publicly it shows that I have 934 films, but really to this date I've probably produced around 1,200 you know, and over the years is the ones that were not making money or reaching people. That was really the most. If they if they were through their life cycle, I've removed them. Understood. Now, where did you learn about production? <laughs> wow. I wish I could say that I went to a great school and, and, and this is something I, I really do encourage. But honestly, this has all been self-taught since the very beginning. I've always been interested in science and robotics and, and music and film. And really, over the years, my hobbies came together into a business idea, and that's how we have the RC Spark Studio, and that produces RC adventures for everybody to enjoy. You mentioned studio. Tell me about your studio. Sure. I remember when I started off in 2009, my studio was a simple dining room table, and I can hear all the big production artists out there shaking their head right now, but remember way back to when you started, and you started at your dining room table, and everybody out there right now can do that. And over the years, I remember I went from the dining room table to a dedicated room in my my home and then once we outgrew the room in my home I had to buy a different home and take over the entire basement and then once we ran out of basement space because the show was being developed and growing so much we ended up buying a five acre piece of property where we have racetracks a canal with water and of course open skies so we can 
be on the ground, on the water, and in the air with RC. Your growth is absolutely amazing. Where do you expect this is all going to go now in the future? You know, it's really hard to, to have foresight into the future. And one of the things I've always done with the show is to make sure to enjoy and to exploit every day as much as possible. You know, I work an extra few hours a day over and past the time folks are usually on their way home from uh, their jobs and by putting in the extra time and effort I know it's really built a path for multiple opportunities in the future not just on YouTube but outside in the media and the social media marketing uh, world you know so who knows maybe I'll end up doing some radio control work on the big movie sets in Hollywood but right now I'm really happy making RC adventures on the huge world platform of YouTube now, what are your thoughts on taking a topic that you're really passionate about and diving into that with all of your heart and soul? I can say what a great opportunity for anybody that is passionate and is able to turn around and have the, the time and dedication to really get their the picture that's in their mind's eye into a form of content for others to enjoy. That's That's one of the secrets. I think it's really notable that when Fred and I started our careers, the tools of production were inaccessible. They were just so expensive. So if you had an idea of something you wanted to produce, you had to go grovel for the funding to produce it. And certainly the tools of distribution were inaccessible. The tools of international distribution were exponentially inaccessible but you are really leveraging a new world. Tell us about your thoughts on this. You're absolutely right. Um, gatekeepers all around the world, especially in an industry that was so saturated and is saturated in the television and, and movie world. And here we are, uh, most of us have heard that the internet is the wild west of, of film and, and, and different types of arts and production like that. And I've been fortunate. I started off seven and a half years ago, just a few years into the YouTube platform's life cycle themselves. And so because I was able to start start early and start to recognize that there was an opportunity for mass distribution. This is where I started to take advantage of it. You mentioned international distribution, you mentioned the gatekeepers, and you mentioned the ability to not really have the equipment anymore. Well, so many people have a smartphone in their pocket or a point and shoot camera. And, and the unique part of this story of, of even where we are now, where we have multiple studios and all the cameras and stuff that we need, is it all started on a, a sure shot Canon 1000. It was just a little camera that was point and shoot. It took a, a two gigabyte card, I think. Really, you could only fit about 10 minutes of film onto it at that, at that time. And my wife bought it for me for Christmas on Air Miles, if you can believe that. So it all started off with an Air Miles camera and uh, shooting some creative video that we loved. And what do you use today for shooting and editing? <laughs> well, it's different. I, am, I definitely uh, started off and I had a great PC and I was uh, using the old Adobe Premiere and of course the SureShot Canon camera that I had that, that lasted for the first 50 videos. And uh, now of course we use cameras such as a Sony 4K, really simple, still small. I don't need a, a $20,000 or $30,000 video production camera because the technology has come so far and, and, and so accessible to everybody that's out there at all price points that anybody can start a show nowadays, have it distributed out to the audience that they build on Facebook, on Vimeo, on YouTube, and all these other social media platforms, the options you have are limitless. So just to be clear, you have no production training 
and you figured this out yourself. Yeah, I almost feel a little bad to say that. Uh, only in the way of, I know there are so many folks out there that have worked so hard and, and how did somebody like myself luck out and get into a position like this? And I, I have to say that, yes, I, I, I may be self-taught and I've done my research and, and, and learned about the tools as I went. And, and I do use the Mac platform now with Final Cut. I had to teach myself how to edit. I had to teach myself the style of film that I wanted to shoot. And I also had to discover how to operate the, the equipment. The, the faster and the bigger the equipment, the more of a learning curve you have, which is great because you can up the production quality. But I really must say some of the most viewed YouTube videos have been shot on a simple smartphone. There are many people who believe that in order for a production to be taken seriously, you need to spend big money on producing something. But you are actually credible at the other end of the spectrum. What do you think it is that makes you successful? Oh, I appreciate that comment, that's nice. So we've seen uh, companies and big heavy hitting uh, movie makers make film on YouTube and they spend a ton of money. And a lot of these productions, some of them are, are exceptional to watch at, but we have to remember that today's internet people that are there have a very short attention span. They seem to be clicking, there's lots of distractions on their page. And even though companies go out and spend so much money making a huge production, that's no guarantee anymore that their stuff will be seen. Now, don't take me wrong, we, we definitely have spent money on our productions over the years. Now, everybody's budget and term of big budget is different depending on where they are in their lives. But I'm, I'm certainly not a, a Hollywood character that, that has millions of dollars to throw down. I really don't think it, it's necessary when you only have an attention span for, for the folks watching of about five minutes. You know, you want to be creative, you want to get what's in your mind's eye onto the screen and maybe inspire the people that are out there to watch more of your content. And I think that's the secret. It doesn't need to be big money. It needs to be the inspiration, big inspiration. It also seems to me that part of the secret is that you've built a tribe and you're part of that tribe. There are about a million people around the world who care what Aaron has to say every time you put out a new video and a lot of it is about you. Yeah, that's the secret. And one of the things I've always tried to push forward is YouTube has the word you in it. You know, it's not just about the tube and it's not about the product that you're enjoying. It's about the person that's enjoying the product. It's the, it's the personality behind the screen. And so I did start off making my show strictly about the radio control hobby and the products I was using. I didn't really appear in the video on occasion. I would, I wasn't feeling very comfortable in front of a video camera at that time. And really as I went on over the years, and I wish I would have discovered this sooner instead of taking so much time to get to this point that people People that are out there love to see what you are doing. And so if you're doing something fun that you're passionate about, people are going to come back to see, do you have any friends? Do you have any family? What's your life actually look like? And this is why we've seen the rise of vlogs or video logs on, on different multiple platforms. People love to see into other people's lives. And this has really been the heartbeat of YouTube, I believe. Fantastic. You produce these videos how often? I produce between four and six videos a week. Now, when I started, it was the norm to have a schedule and maybe to only upload two videos a week because you didn't want your audience to become tired and to get bored of what they're seeing. But we found over time with the diversification of the films that the more you upload, the more opportunity that people have to discover who and what you're about. So 
the more the better. And producing at this rate, you've actually turned it into a full-time job. This is your only livelihood. Yeah, this is a full-time gig for us. It's more of a lifestyle that we're experiencing. YouTube for me has transformed into a, hey, I'm going to make a few dollars here online and have some fun doing something I think is exciting to, wow, now I'm in it about 23 hours a day. I'm now a father of a two-year-old and my wife is incredibly supportive and both of them are part of the show. So it's, you know, this is something that, that I would try and encourage for everybody to have a look at. Now, this is uh, your wife's job as well, right? Absolutely. We've, she didn't start off working with uh, our company, but over time, as we grew, she's, she's actually ended up managing our company and lining up what our schedules look like, what our finances and budgets are. And really, it, it has become a family lifestyle. That's the secret. Okay, now I know Google won't let us talk about the actual numbers that they pay you for the, uh, for the advertising stuff, but I just want to draw attention to kind of the, the holistic thing here is that here you are, you've taken a topic that you're very passionate about, you release a few videos per week, you have a million subscribers, and if one can achieve this, it can become your livelihood. Absolutely. Uh, YouTube is having you focus on your subscribers right now, but really it used to be about the views. And so if you're pulling in a, a good amount of views, they actually compensate you fairly well. Now, like you said, I can't get into the specifics about it, but yes, I can say my wife and I, I've been a full-time YouTuber for the last five years, and there are some public sites out there that folks can research and find out what big YouTubers are estimated to make. And I can say freely, even though this is quite a a wide span. Some of these sites uh, say we make about 120,000 a year all the way up to about 2 million. So it's, it's in that area. And my mind is still spinning here. What was that number again? 670 million? No, I mean uh, views, not yeah. dollars. Yeah, so we're pulling about 29 million views per month depending on the season because we definitely see ebbs and flows both in advertising dollars and uh, in, in our viewing, depends on, on the time of year. So yeah, you heard that right. The, the estimate is somewhere in there, but I'm definitely, we're, our company is definitely pulling six figures. Okay, so another question here. What's not to love about your life? I'm envious. Ah, I love that and I appreciate that. It's been a, a long, awesome journey of, of being able to create. And, and if you can imagine even producing a thousand films, how would you imagine that you can stay uh, passionate about something like that? And I think that really is the, the essence of the word passion is, is it's just something that's inside of you. And like being an entrepreneur, that's another area that I excel and I like to think I'm good at is, is, is molding a business and making it work. I guess we should probably sort of back up and talk about some, some caveats it's, it wasn't all success from the beginning, right? It really takes time to build that audience so that you can eventually monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. It really, when I found, what I found when creating RC Adventures is the radio control hobby itself was, was kind of dying off. The trend of radio control or RC is, as I say, uh, was passing down. And so we weren't really gaining the audience I thought we would in the beginning. You know, every guy loves trucks. Every young fella loves to get in the mud. And the gals too. We've certainly found over the time that almost 45% of our audience is of the uh, is a female. So partners are getting out there and 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 though we see that there has been some troubles, we've learned that instead of just hoping to get an audience, we actually have to develop the audience. And so by 
you know, offering a diversity in the, in the product that we're actually using. This is how we've been able to branch off. And, and instead of having a small audience with kind of a, a difficult time, we've grown it far beyond what I ever thought could happen. Aaron, we're just about up on time, and I know you have to prepare for your presentation here at the Banff Centre. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? You know, I can say to every content producer out there, do it because you love it, and the rest will follow. That's been my motto since the beginning, and here I'm sitting seven and a half years being interviewed by a great guy on an awesome podcast. Well, thank you for those kind words. Where can people find out more about your videos? You know, to keep it simple, I'm going to say rcadventures.com, and that will forward you to our YouTube site where you can discover the fun and wonderment that we've been able to have with the hobby over the years, and maybe you too can get outside and have some fun. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Aaron. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.